everyone. Welcome to the first podcast with Tim and Will. Tim, how you going, mate? Fantastic, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good. <laughs> How's the week been? Yeah, look, um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't busy, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, as you know, yeah, the, there's a lot going on in the background and, you know, to even make some time to, to do this and, and put some effort into making a podcast is the other side of it all. Well, this is actually the second time this week we're having a crack at doing this. Uh, yep. I've got a bit of a confession to make. We just spent, what was it, Friday afternoon? So it's Sunday afternoon at the moment. What is it? It's about nearly 6 o'clock on a Sunday, Arvo. We had three, four hours of recording yeah, on the Friday, Arvo. And I didn't press the audio button. So <laughs> we just did four hours of so talking in silence. Oh, mate. But, you know, that's part of the journey as it well. Is. And, like, you know, you asked about how my week's going. I wouldn't change the world for anything in what I'm doing these days. And, you know, the purpose of this podcast is, mm. you know, surrounding around, you know, the high performance behaviors and yeah. figuring out like what leads to success, mm. ultimately what success means to people. And then, you know, the, the discipline and everything that goes in behind the scenes for people to, you know, follow their passion and, and do what they want to do to change the world. Yeah. No, lovely, mate. Why we're doing this podcast as well on top of what you said there, if I can add, is really we want to share other high performers, I guess, journeys, what they've managed to learn along the way. And hopefully we can share with the audience a few tips on what they can do in their world to really, you know, make a success of it. And that's yeah. what it's all about, sharing those wins. Absolutely, mate. And I, today we're going to go into our backgrounds, um, yeah. you know, share our story and where we've come from because I think your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes on a mental and physical level um, mm. to operate at, at that higher level. And by no means am I saying, you know, we're high performance to the degree that, you know. Some of our guests will be. But yeah, yeah. exactly. We're definitely um, on a journey. But, you know, like I'm a very curious soul and I think you are very similar, mate. And we just want to learn as much as we can while we're here. And yeah. and I think it's, it's just a, a thri thriving in your own environment and yeah. using your energy to the greater good. Mm. Um, and I think a key thing about it as well and probably a key theme for the podcast is success leaves clues. So I really love, you know, having conversations with people that are, you know, where I want to get to. So and, and hearing, you know, what worked for them, their journey, what you can learn in terms of lessons along the way. And I think, you know, I think it's just going to be good to have those conversations and be able to share them with anyone that actually wants to listen. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, I feel like in life as well, it's the, it's the perception. So like when you make a slight adjustment or there's a slight bit of um, advice that you'll take on board and use, uh, that can make the difference in everything. Mm. And I think, you know, we've spoken, you know, not only <laughs> the other the other day when we stuffed up the first podcast, <laughs> but, you know, we talk often in the gym about, you know, the little things that make the big difference. Yeah. And and I think that's what life's about. It's, a, it's an accumulation mm. of the small wins just practiced daily Absolutely. that make the end goal, you know, um, more attainable. And, you know, like, I guess... We're just trying to share those messages mm. with people and just give them something that they can use in their everyday life to even 1%, you know, to make it a little better. I guess give people an understanding of how we know each other as well. So, yeah, we, you mentioned the gym. We met, was it three and a half years ago? Yeah, we did, mate. Yeah, um, yeah it was with a mate there, Joshy Beard. So shout out to Josh and hopefully yeah. get him on here at some Absolutely. point in time as well. You know, essentially, in a nutshell, um, you and I, yeah, sort of hit it off from the start. And I mm. think you can sort of... When you are in a place such as the gym, it's an environment that you go to and it's, it's therapy for me. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's the same for you. And, and to be in that environment, you know, you share like-minded um, principles yeah. and you apply that. And then, you know, just a matter of time. And then it's took, taken, taken three years for us to be to sitting this here. Point, man. But, you know, great, great things take time. Yeah. I still remember the conversation. You were on the incline bench press with a couple of dumbbells there, mate. I don't know what size they were. Or <laughs> 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 but uh, we were sitting there and you sort of said, mate, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I sort of sat there and it's funny you say that because the universe always like or whatever you believe yeah. in delivers yeah, yeah. things that are meant to happen. Yeah. And that would have been I, about, what, six months ago? Yeah, six months. Yeah. Um, a few people had sort of reached out to me in that period of time and said, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And yeah. then... I don't know, your intention and what you put out usually comes back like the law of that. attraction and yeah. bang, here, here we, we are. are. Here we are. Um, oh, man. So I guess, again, before we I guess start bringing guests on over the next few weeks, like you say, I think maybe we need to probably give everyone an understanding of, of you and I and what our stories are and give everyone 
that I guess foundation of what this podcast is about. So, yeah. mate, I'd love for you know this first podcast to be all about you. Um, if that's okay. Oh, my favourite topic. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, it's funny you say that, mate. And yeah, look, I'm looking forward to you know sharing my story and also hearing about yours, even though we do know our stories. But for the listeners out there. Um, I find it incredibly difficult sometimes to talk about myself and mm. what I've been through because uh, starting up Moon Dreams, you know, has come from a place of purpose and passion for me and, mm. and it's helping, you know, sick kids in the hospital, um, yeah, kids man. with neurological conditions. Mm. And I think when I volunteered my time just quickly um, at the hospital, mm. it really put my life in perspective. And, like, if I think there's anything wrong in my life, there's, like, y- yeah you're crazy to think when you're seeing these sick kids that there's yeah. anything wrong. So yeah. I, I really, it humbles me mm. and I really love getting out of bed every day and knowing that I'm, I'm trying to make a difference in the world. I suppose just for the listeners out there, um, I grew up only child in a small coastal town called Portland, which is in Victoria. Mm. Um, I had the best upbringing. Like it was unbelievable. You know, we kind of lived in a community where, you didn't have to lock the house. You didn't have to lock the car. The keys were in the car. Like, How many people live in Portland? 10,000, mate. So, you know, small country, country community. And, you know, I'm a country boy at heart. And, you know, I think that that shines through, you know, I try and be as genuine and, and authentic as I can. And I think people can sense that. And, yeah. you know, with my upbringing, uh, I give all my credit to my family. And Tell it, us about mum and dad. Yes. Yeah, so, um being an only child, mum and dad divorced when I was two. Um, they remained in great contact all for me. And I think both of them do still live through me, which I could understand. Um, I don't have any kids yet, but uh, I, I can't wait for that. But I think that mum and dad and anyone out there that has kids understands that, you know, they're everything. Mm. And although they divorced when I was a young fella, I didn't really know the difference. Yep. So. I grew up and I had two birthdays, two Christmases. I was <laughs> laughing, man. But, uh, you know, uh, I think sport was a big thing for yeah. me growing up. Um, what did you play? Played a bit of footy and cricket. Motocross was probably my, like, it got my heart going. And yeah. that's, you know, I'm a bit of a, a risk a risk taker, you could definitely say. And I think it, it applies to everything that I do, you know, yeah. with my businesses and, um, you know, just the general way I live my life. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And, and like you, you mentioned before, you know, yeah, I'm a little different. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm not sure if I was dropped on my head as a kid or something. But, you know, going back to our backyard where I grew up, mm. um, you know, the, the sporting culture back home was huge. Um, so it, footy? Yeah, footy. One. I think, you know, and we're going to dive into a lot of high-performance things, but footy has taught me a lot in life. Yeah. And um, I'm... You know, particularly when I got into the VFL later on in life, I think that that really instilled some things that I yeah. live by every day. And it was only through failure um, that I, I learned these things. On that point, I think not saying you to be a high performer, you have to play sport. But in my experience, you know, recruiting salespeople and the likes, I've always noticed a commonality between people that have played sport at any level and actually being able to become a high performer well what do you well like, let's just talk about it now like what what's involved in sport like what are the key things that you have to be able to do you need to be a team player Absolutely. i think that's the key you need to be competitive i think also yeah. number one key point to success is you need to be able to compete and enjoy competition mm. those two things i think if you're a good team player but you enjoy competition which you can only learn through team sports absolutely i think, I think is probably a big reason why sports people are generally good in business or good in any sort of entrepreneurial kind of journey. I think that's the big reason. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And like, I suppose the word I was thinking of more so would be discipline. Like yeah. the discipline that you learn through sport. Yeah. You know, you're not going to become an overnight success. Talent can only get you so far in life. I think yeah. that's a massive point. 100%. And most coaches and mentors that I've had across my time, you can be the most talented person in the world with a poor attitude. Mm. It's not going to get you too far in life. Yeah, I um I've actually got this book in front of me because I wanted to share a quote out of it. Um, it's called Winning, and it's by Tim Grover. So shout out to my mate Steve Abbott who actually um, gifted me his first book, which is called Relentless. Mm. Uh, basically, Tim Grover was the coach and one on one coach with Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan in their era. So this guy has got probably. <laughs> 
some real keys to success involved in there. But he speaks about something in the book, and I just want to share it. So it's in dot points, but it says, if you control your thoughts and you control your emotions, you can control your emotions and you can control your actions. And if you can control your actions, you control the outcome. So in that sentence, like it, it pretty much sta- says, if your mindset's right, you can control the outcome. 100%, man. Now, I think that it's, what's the old saying? Um, things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. Yeah. And usually the easy things are your, f- your, your diet, your, you know, your, your eating, uh, sorry, sleeping, and all the, the things that aren't rocket science mm. that actually help you become, you know, successful yeah um whatever success looks to you but yeah going back to when i was a kid yeah. i was the kid that sat at the back of the classroom yeah, yeah. you know that i wasn't the class clown but i was the cheeky kid at the back that <laughs> the teacher knew i had the potential yeah but i didn't apply myself and every school report was the same distracted la 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 we all know it <laughs> but you know like that's me and sometimes you know and the schooling system you know isn't for everyone but I think that when you put your mind to something, you know, you can achieve. And I remember uh, when I got to high school, my year 12 English teacher, she told me I wouldn't pass year 12. And she she knew what I was about and how I played sport and everything. And it was very intelligent by her because then I was on a mission to prove her wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you passed? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny story because then um, it led me to go on to a uni degree. Um, but I needed 63 point zero to get into the uni degree and i got 63.1 on the score so <laughs> you know it's, yeah, everything's about the small things in life right so by point one i got into university and and awesome, and you know i think the the other things that were instilled as me from a kid um my dad shared some really uh, positive um i guess an outlook on life is you should always treat you know the best player in the football club as the worst player in the football club and everybody that's in between, from volunteers to the canteen lady, because when you learn morals like that, mm. it doesn't matter who you are, everybody gets treated the same. Love that, man. And Absolutely. I think it's a very powerful thing because I don't I think everyone's got it within them to become whoever they want to be. But unfortunately, when it comes between in some people don't have that control in their mind to believe in themselves enough. And when we're young, young kids, we're, we're programmed a certain way. And I really feel like that's an important fact factor. So uni? How yeah. Was that so, you know, left Portland um, after scraping the bottom of the barrel to get that 0.1%. Mm. Got off to uni and studied a sports science degree. Um, I was sports always, science? Well, I guess, you know, you leave school and you're not really sure what you want to do, but I was always loving sport and I thought, yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, little did I know how many people's assignments I would have plagiarized and copied, <laughs> and I wish Chat GPT was back back in those <laughs> days because I would have passed with flying colours. But I managed to scrape through, and again, another moral that I wanted to bring up in my life is uh, I've always stuck at something, and when I commit, mm. like that's it. Mm. You can't really shake my mind off it. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes in some situations it's a detriment, but most of all, you know, I'll see something out till the end once I commit to it. Um, regardless of the win or loss. You know, that's I've had what I like about you, man, and that's why I think you're going places because it's, I think it's a common trait in high performers and especially the people that we chat to moving forward. They're all going to have no doubt the same trait. But I think that's one one piece of, um, I guess, one strength you have that's helping you at the moment. So Yeah, and it's how you internally draw upon yeah. that strength. I think that's the, yeah. the key there too. Like, well, what's what, your why, man? what do you do and why do you do it? And it's exactly right. And I think I start started this podcast off telling you why I get out of bed every day. It's to help yeah. these sick kids. And it's yeah. not even about me. Yeah, It's a funny way the world works. Yeah, it almost feels selfish though too because, you know, I'm doing it for these kids. But I know that that gives me ultimate fulfillment. So it's almost like I'm doing it that way. But I think there's that. Yeah, old not selfish at all, mate. Yeah, there's a, the, a great thing. Yeah, there's a saying that it says, you know, if you give, you receive back tenfold as well. So I know that when you're doing something you love, you know, things, material things, they come um, through that process. 100%. So I guess, yeah, like obviously in Ballarat then, started yeah. kicking the footy around at VFL level. And as I mentioned before, like a lot of my life lessons came out of football. Mm. Um, when I was 17, I was... Uh, in the TAC, which is trying to get on to basically get drafted to the AFL. And 
um, I broke my L4 vertebrae in a practice game when I was 16 and, and that was kind of the end of that. Uh, went and seen a surgeon, they kind of told me, yeah, you might not play football again, you know, it's pretty bad down there and, and you know, that was another test is like you'll never play football again I said oh is that right is it and I think you know coming back you know two and a half years after that to walk in and have a crack at the VFL again um, you know I just proved again to myself that it doesn't matter what anyone says as long as you believe in yourself um, so you, again, know, you got told you can do something and yeah yeah it, absolutely and it's funny I actually ran into um, Fitzy Jared Fitzgerald about a week ago here in Scarborough and He's obviously still living back in Victoria, but his his daughter lives over here, and he was in the gym. And I walked in, and it's like, "G'day, Timmy Brayshaw." I was like, "Fitzy, haven't seen him in about eight or nine years, I reckon." And I've kept in contact though. So was he your coach? He was the coach of the VFL, yeah, the North Ballarat Roosters. Um, and essentially, the period that where I went to the club, it was very successful, mm. but it was only successful because of the buy-in and the culture that was at that club. And I learnt so much. And there was a, a lot of um, behind-the-scenes things that were unspoken rules. So, like, for instance, there was no pulling up before the cone. You run right through and past the cone. You run around the goalposts when you're doing a lap. Yeah. There was no shortcuts yeah. at all. Love that. And if you didn't throw your tape and it missed the bin and you didn't go and pick it up, like you were running 400s the next day, you know, training. Yeah. So these are the things that instill in you that solidify a, a certain standard of behaviour. Yeah. And that standard of behaviour I've kept with me, you know, for the, for the rest of my life. Um, I did four years up there. Um, I was part of the leadership group for, t group for two of those years. And I was, you know, it was playing in the reserves because we had North Melbourne at that time in our um, affiliated affiliation. So there's 15 odd North Melbourne players, quite hard to push an AFL player out. So I was doing a lot of extra work to try and get my opportunity. Um, I actually did sprints coaching with the 1989 uh, stall gift winner, Rod Matthews. And if Rocket's listening to this, shout out to him mm. because he taught me a lot about mindset. Mm. And, you know, to win a 100 metre race at that level, like it's the most prestigious 100 metre race outside yeah. of the Olympics. Incredible. And the things I learnt there really helped me translate a lot through life. Mm. You know, if you want to beat the best, you've got to train harder than the best. Mm. And I think the, these things have carried through life a lot. You said before, Will, um, success leaves clues. Yeah. So you've got to find the top of the industry mm. and mimic their behaviour to yeah. a degree and then yeah. put your spin, your positivity and your magic into that. Yeah. And once you do that, you know, it becomes unique. Yeah, you combine that with discipline yeah. and consistency. Because no one can be you as well. And you don't want to be like someone else because why would you want to do that? And I think, you know, through my football career, I'd often line up and play on AFL players. Yeah. And I used to love AFL. And so now who was the best AFL player you lined up against? Oh, there's been multiple. Um, I think Sean Dempster yeah. played for St Kilda at the yeah. time and he played in the 2010 grand final yeah. where, you know, the... Mar I think it was Heath Shaw that smothered um, Nick Rewalt on the yeah, line or something. Yeah. That, that Yeah, and they had to replay the following year. But, um, yeah, he played in that, you know, that grand final and obviously didn't go to plan the following week when they had to replay it. But, you know, like playing on players like that, at that, that elite level, you start to realise that when you get an opportunity at the same level, you're in, you're in that circle. Yeah. Like it's mano in mano or whatever they say. And it's like, it's just game on. And, and if you think that they're better, mentally you think that, oh, they play AFL, you've already lost. Yeah. Everyone's equal. Imposter syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to play in a charity game the other, at the start of last year. And it was Ben Cousins. Uh, it was basically West Coast versus Fremantle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I got to play on the team with, like, Matt Prittis, Ben Cousins, Shane Woe Woden. So all these premiership players, uh, yeah, premiership, uh, sorry, not premiership, all of them, but um, Brownlow medalists. Mm. And incredible. Yeah, what a moment. Like, what a moment. Yeah. And for me as a young guy, um, growing up, that's all I ever wanted. And, you know, to, to have the ability to rub shoulders with those guys, yeah. even for just one game, you know, it taught me a lot about, you know, if you stick at something long enough, you know, I got told that I'd never play footy again. Here we are. And it's, yeah. yeah, and I yeah. think that 
just taking that mindset through life has got me to a certain degree to here. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited for the challenges for the future. And like everything that I've learned, it prepares you for this moment. Mm. And I just want to touch on something that's really important to me as well. So um, I think being in the moment is something really special. And I created a clothing brand from that message. And I'll touch on that in, um, in a short minute when I talk about like my career in mining. But being in the moment is all you've got as well. So I think that, you know, and, and the lessons that I did learn from my sporting career was, you know, just hang in there and, and just be present and, and do your best and, and that's all you can do. Man, love that. Yeah. So mining career. Yeah. So wow. you're in Melbourne, uh, Victoria, Ballarat. Portland. Ballarat. Ballarat, sorry. yeah. So we're on the uni. Come over to WA? Yep. So about that. 22, 23-year-old lad. Um, I'd just done... 12 months of exercise rehabilitation in disability outside of uni and very rewarding job. But as a young fellow, you're like, oh, money, money's everything, yeah? Mm. You need money. So here I am. I packed up, moved across to Kalgoorlie and uh, the Wild West. Yeah. And, yeah, it's definitely opened my eyes. Um, so did you come to Perth or...? No, straight to Kalgoorlie. Straight to Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, what was that like? First impressions? Different. Yeah. Yeah. But... Wow, that place is incredible. Um, the community feel that's actually in Kalgoorlie, anyone that's listening that's been there, you know, that if you've spent a night up at the Gold Bar, the exchange, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's all walks of life in there and it, it's just a place where if you're a genuine, authentic person, you'll get along with anyone and I love it. So um, shout out to everyone in Kalgoorlie. So basically moved across there and, Started playing footy again for a club, Kangas, and um, yeah, got got involved with the community a fair yeah. bit. And I had a dirt bike again at the time, and like I had a ball there. Yeah. Actually, learnt what a hard day's work was while I was in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. You know, we're talking 40, 45 degree days in the middle of summer, and your overalls head to toe, mm. climbing in and out of every machine known to man yeah, yeah. and you know especially if they've been at work those machines and it's warm and right. i'm shouting out now to everybody that's involved still in mining and a lot of my friends are still you know as mechanics and and doing their thing and i have so much respect for them and some of them just froth off it yeah. they absolutely love it yeah, yeah. and um as oh. you very well know will and i can't wait to share get into your story too because we have a very similar background and yeah and mining taught me a lot about a hard day's work and, you know, just hang in there and, you know, get the job done. And there was some real reward in coming home covered in oil and grease and feeling like, yeah, well, that was a solid day. And then going to footy training, cooking, cleaning, everything else you got to do. So obviously I stuck it out and finished my apprenticeship as a yeah. mature age, heavy, de heavy duty diesel mechanic. Yeah. Um, so that taught it, you resilience, taught you oh, hard day's work. All that absolutely. Um, and I'd have to mention that, yeah, probably halfway through my apprenticeship, mm. I started to realise this wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, not the fact that, you know, yeah, I just I just couldn't handle the work. Like, it wasn't fulfilling to me. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd be sitting there and like, wow, this machine just rolls out the door and it comes back in five seconds later with another problem, probably because yeah. I'm useless at fixing things. <laughs> <laughs> I can pull them apart. But uh, then, you know, th there was no fulfilment in it for yeah. me. So I suppose from there, um, you know, you kind of go down this mental path of yeah. like, geez, all right, money's not making me happy because I was going to Las Vegas and these trips. I had dirt bikes, car, I had any, yeah. everything you could think you could have yeah. as a 24, 25-year-old male. Mm. And <laughs> there was just something missing. So like I deep went deep search on a deep dive into myself and, you know, they, and, and I know we're going to probably bring up a lot of mental health stuff in this podcast, but, you know, they, they described me as depressed and, you know, I look back now and think it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, figuring out that life was about more than just money and material things yeah. and realising that it's about small moments and overcoming doubt and fear and all the crazy demons that float around in our heads. But, you know, depressed, the word to me is like deep rest mm. when you break it down. And, and being in deep rest, it's like your body going into shutdown mode. Mm. 
it's like hitting the e-stop and going, whoa, man, whatever you're doing is not good for you. You need to change it up ASAP. And and that's where I sort of, I, I, I went down, I, you'd call it self-development or, you know, I just dived deep into who I was as a person. You know, and I do it still every day because, you know, nothing stays the same. The only thing that's constant in life is change, but we're all so scared of it. Yeah. Isn't that a crazy thought? Like, for you personally too, Will, like, what do you think about that? that that's a saying that's as true as anything, isn't it? Well, I think if I look back on just change in general with, you know, the larger population, absolutely. People are scared of change because, I guess, people get comfortable. Then the other thing too is, you know, in those moments of like desperation and you're trying to find your sense of like purpose and what yeah. you're doing here, yeah. you find out who your true friends are and, yeah. and you know, there's, there's some people that I know are listening to this and, and they know who they are as well and they were there when I was at my lowest of lows, like my darkest times and, and you know, when, you know, there's a lot of people that I want to really thank and I think that the list would be too long kind of thing to, to say on this podcast but they do know who they are because I keep in contact with them now. Yeah. And I think, and Marilyn Monroe said it best, if you can't have your, your someone at their worst, you don't um, deserve them at their best. And and I think that's such a true saying is like, life's not rainbows and butterflies. It's full of roller coasters and those scary rides at the carnivals, you know, that's what it's like. And yeah. you're like, whoa. But you <laughs> just need a callus and make your mind resilient yeah. to be able to put up with those things when they um, come in. Right, so moon dreams. I want to talk about the origin of that yep. and ask you some questions. So I guess yeah. when did it really, I guess, dawn on you or when was the moment when you thought, this is what I want to do? I want to help sick kids with neurological disorders and diseases. What Tell us that story. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it'll be in a nutshell because I'm mindful of everyone's time. But uh, basically from when I became depressed, I needed to search inside. That's where my clothing brand was born, Brainless. Now, Brainless isn't about your thinking, it's about your feelings. So if you break the word down, it is about being in that state of flow. So when you're in a state of flow, you're not thinking, you're in your feelings. And I think everyone needs to find that that purpose and that passion in their life. I just so happened to turn into a clothing brand, you know. I'm not particularly fussed on clothes like you know i'm not a fashionista but i know that it's a way people represent what they believe in and yeah. and the slogan's no pressure no diamonds and i think it was quite fitting being in the mining industry and a lump of coal pressurized over time becomes a diamond and yeah. and to me that's like that's a beautiful analogy of life and yeah. you know i'm still shining i'm still getting cut and i'm still getting burnt and pressure but you know like i'm going to shine bright eventually and that, that led me into the the point where I had to jump off the proverbial cliff and quit mining. Mm. And fast forward, I ended up quitting three times. But, you know, thank you, thanks so much to all the employers out there that took me back on with open arms, you know, because I never burnt bridges, which is another important thing in life. I don't yeah. think you should ever um, – you should always be grateful for people that helped you along the way. Yeah. And uh, it got to a point where my mum was quite ill um, and I had to move – back home to Victoria she needed a double lung transplant and it's funny when we were filming um, on Friday I think it was it was mum's fifth anniversary of her lungs so we had a little uh, phone call that night and celebrated but you know I moved home back to Victoria but when I got there my dad um, you know he's gone through his own trauma and I have a lot of respect for my mum and dad because you know they've been through a lot and they don't complain you know, they just they just deal with it, and you know, that's another source of strength for me, mm. um, especially my dad. Uh, and and I took him up to a, a Tony Robbins seminar, which is like a big motivational seminar. But you know, I took him up there to try and help him, and I got so much out of it that I ended up booking a flight to Tokyo from Sydney, and I went to Japan just by myself for like <laughs> seven days. This is why I love you, man. Like oh, it was most, spontaneous. Uh, random yeah. things ever. Okay, so tell us about Japan. Oh, I love Tokyo. Japan. Oh, amazing, you okay. know. And this is where <laughs> all my year nine uh, Japanese <laughs> came out. And I was like, yeah, wa Tim Des. I was even ordering coffees in Japanese and, you know, they were writing back, welcome to Japan, Tim. Um, so, you know, that for me, that was like my... So why why did you book 
the trip to Japan. You said you went to Tony Robbins. I got no idea. <laughs> okay. I'm just like. So it was like the energy was taking you there. Yeah, something just, uh, something to just to told me to go there. And right. um, while I was there, I was like, isn't there a mountain here? And I was like, yeah, Mount Fuji. And I ended up <laughs> climbing it on the last day. It right. was the most, like, from a spiritual perspective, it just gave me the energy I needed to take on anything. Yeah. Um, when I, yeah, it was just incredible. Yeah. And, you know, climbing um, Mount Fuji in the yeah. land of the rising sun to see the sunrise, mm. amazing. So essentially, you know, that for me was a, a big turning point. Mm. Um, climbing mountains, there's also something about that in me, you know, like I really want to, um, in my goals is to climb one of the 8,000 metre peaks. Um, you know, it's something that really yeah. uh, touches me and, you know, and it's something I really want to achieve. Okay, cool. um, and there's a story behind that, but I won't get into that until a later date. Mm. But, uh, yeah, like... Okay, so Tokyo, what yeah, happened next? Basically come back to Victoria. Mum had her surgery. Then I had to care for her for quite some time. Um, it was about six to 12 months there, you know, living in a one-bedroom flat thing on <laughs> St Kilda Road in Melbourne with mum. Like, oh, my God, it drives me nuts, right? But, yeah. you know, we did it and I'm so grateful she's still breathing, you know. Yeah. And it's another special thing is, you know, especially when it's about your lungs is, you know, some people just take their each breath for granted. And you know, crazy. Like a lung transplant. Yeah. Right. Oh, mate. That's hectic. And you know what the craziest thing was? Yeah. Is like, she was in ICU. Surgery went really well. Yeah. I walked in there six hours after surgery. You My mum's standing beside the bed. Breathing. Breathing. Like, you looking at me, standing at, standing up. And I was like, what? How? What? That's no. Sarah, crazy. surely not. Yeah, that's hectic. And then, like, 12 hours later, she was eating her breakfast. And, like, it's just like, cat play on. So it was seriously like a, an intake. It was like a change Amazing. out, you know, a full intake change out. And I was yeah. like, wow. So, you know, like I'm super grateful um, yeah. that, you know, she got that done. But, you know, for me also, when I was in that space. Uh, so you in hospital? Yeah, the yep. people who um, were having the transplants, you see them with this new lease of life. And some important factor I want to touch on here is like, People sometimes wait until something something like that happens before they start living. And I was like, I've just climbed this mountain in Tokyo. I don't even know why. And like, and then I just thought, nah, life's too short. You've got to go and do what you need to do. And yeah. I think that's when I said, oh, I'm going to volunteer at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. And this is, you know, the story getting time to Moon Dreams. So I went in um, to the, the hospital and... Went up to the receptionist. Little did I know who she was. Um, told her what I wanted to do. And she goes, oh, that's lovely. Tell me a bit more. And So you just walked in and said, I want to help. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's it? Just, that's it. And yep. I said, you know, I'm thinking of um, raising some money for yep. the hospital and I want to find out the best way to do it and volunteer as well. And she's like, yeah, tell me more. And took me around in the back of the office and introduced me to a few people and then sat me down with this lady. Her name was Lauren Daly. And she was a fundraising coordinator at the time. And essentially, Lauren sat me there and said, do you know who that was? And I had no idea. So this is Sue Hunt, who's the CEO of the, the hospital's the foundation. The, the person the, thought yeah. was a receptionist. And that's another <laughs> life lesson, right? You don't know who don't you're, know who you're talking, talking to. Yeah, so absolutely. after that, and hello to Sue and Lauren out there. It's like I was on the, um, you know, Fast forward to now, I sit on one of the executive committees at the Royal Children's Hospital and I'm super grateful for that position um, because it's just all, you know, it's led me, to the things yeah. I've done in the past have led to now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cut long story short, I started uh, volunteering my time and that's where I firsthand seen my heart beat differently mm. when I was helping these kids. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. So where was it in the neurological no, it wasn't actually. Okay. Um, I was in the koala ward, which was, um, it was in the, that's the heart and kidney transplant yep. ward. Yep. Now, I was the play therapist there, so I sat in there and basically, you know, had tea parties with little girls and, yeah. and you know, playing dinosaurs and cars with her, you know, and it was just, you know, taking a bit of the pressure off the parents yeah. and, you know, making the kids comfortable and having fun and, yeah. and you know, I just... This young fella walks in. He's got a, you know, he's got a scar from his belly button up to his sternum, 
and he walks in and he's smiling from ear to ear. And he's had open heart surgery like two days previous. I was like, this is not real, surely. Oh, like, what man. the hell? Like, yeah. you know, maybe it wasn't two days, maybe a week or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it was just incredible to see him. And then his mum and dad walk in and they were the colour of, like, your shirt, mate. Like, bright ghosts. Yeah. They were like, what the hell? Yeah. And in that moment, every time I walked into that hospital, I knew I was making a difference just for my time. Yeah. I was like, this is what it is. I need to do this. Yeah. This is it. How like, powerful, mate. And then Moon Dreams was born from there. Yeah. And it's just been a crazy journey ever since. And we're fully registered, you know, yeah. with DGR endorsement now. And it was a crazy process to get to that. But as I mentioned earlier, like, no matter what challenges are thrown up, yeah. I know that my purpose is to help these sick kids. And I just love it. Like, yeah. it's my life. And, you know, you know, when I have kids, I, I hope that they're in the best of health. But also knowing that all these kids that are out there that are struggling and haven't had the best cards dealt at the start of life. Like if I know that I can go to bed every night and know that I'm making a difference, like, man, what a life. Yeah. Special man. 100%. And that's, yeah, that's my little bit of life in a nutshell. And I know we could go on for ages and, and talk about things to degrees, but like, that's basically, you know, fast forward yeah, where I've now. got to be to now. And yeah. But man, you've um not just, run a successful charity and got that up and running but you're starting to do shows and things like that as well so you're starting yeah. to gain a bit of publicity so you just ran your first show yeah raise money for the royal children's hospital is that yeah right? so yeah. um the idea is that um we'll run these music events uh kids music festivals across australia and we'll yeah. partner with each children's hospital in that state so yeah. we partner with perth children's hospital foundation this year yeah. uh, uh sorry last year when we ran never say neverland yeah um so, you know, it, it's a way that we can instill um, to teach kids that giving is important mm. from an, a young age and to give to people less fortunate than you um, is just something that, you know, it just makes your heart beat, or my heart especially. But I know anyone that's, you know, helped me with volunteering and, yeah. and anyone that's in that space can say, like, you know, there's nothing better than that feeling. Yeah. And when you're operating from that, that space everything's just so much better and gives you this like i call it like emotional horsepower mm. it's like you get this this energy about you that you're like nothing's impossible these kids are facing life-threatening diseases and you're worried about like stubbing your toe when you get out of bed yeah. or that you have to go and i don't know go to the dent i don't the know things people like complain about daily yeah yeah 100 perspective right yeah so yeah. i think that that's what keeps me optimistic in my life man i can see just in the in your voice you know you can just tell when someone's really motivated and, and up for what they're doing it can tell mate so well played to you and congrats i think that you know um, we've just started our volunteer programs and and yeah. all the things that we're rolling out you know i wrote my first ever business plan and you know i've been running my business brain for seven or eight <laughs> years but now moon dreams like you know we put a proper business plan in yeah. place because it's it's very important yeah. to let people know where we're heading got some massive dreams yeah. um for the future with moon dreams and there's some things that we want to do to to in turn help these kids at a huge level across not only australia but you know, essentially we want to be helping kids across the world because yeah. neurological conditions, <laughs> they're not they're discriminative, everywhere. they're everywhere. Yeah. And when you think about it, it's actually very broad. So, like, we're talking from brain cancer um, right through to ADHD yeah. and, you know, everything in between. So right. um, neurological conditions are very... And, and from my awareness and what I've been exposed to so far, they're very unique. And some kids, like might be one in 10,000 kids has this rare disease and there's a lot of rare diseases out there that don't necessarily get the funding and support they need and 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 I can only imagine how those families feel like you know uh, when they try and get funding and some support it's very difficult for when it's one or two kids or you know just say there's a hundred kids in Australia with the same disease but to put the funding and research behind that to save these kids is astronomical yeah and until our technology gets better, but like we've got to give these kids the best shot at life. So that's why I do it. In summary, people can help by either donating or volunteering. Volunteering. Ideally both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like there's also we're looking to get partnerships from the, the corporate world on board, you yeah. know. Um so there's a there's so a lot of corporate people listening. 
yeah, get ready. Hopefully we can get Reach a few out. on here and um, pull on their heartstrings. But, <laughs> you know, it's not about that either. It's about creating something that's doing good, um, yeah. amazing things. And, Absolutely. you know, that will naturally draw. I'm not the kind of person that likes to push anything on anyone as well. Yeah. So that, like, you know, when I'm not forcing anyone to listen to this podcast either. Like yeah. They can listen to it if they want. But, you know, I hope that it helps change people's lives um, yeah. through my experience. And I was chatting to one of my very close mates, um, Joshy Marnell, and, him and I, we went to primary school together. We've spent a lot of time over the years together. And, you know, we're, we based ourselves both out of Kalgoorlie and we reconnected again. And and basically, you know, hi, him, his family, his, his wife and kids come stay with me the other week. And we had a very interesting conversation about everybody's got a story and, and it's worth sharing because everybody's gone through, like, hard things. And I really do feel that even on this podcast, we're going to have some high-performing people. We're going to have people that have come from probably greater heights than these high-performance people. So people that may have been, like, homeless into yeah. starting their own company and yeah. selling books and, like, you know, like, yeah. that's the kind of... That's the people to, we want. You don't... It's not where they are. It's where they came from, right? Yeah. And absolutely. this is a very important thing in life, too, is, like, you know, there's always someone out there better than you, but... How, how, what have they sacrificed and what have they done to get into that position? I love yeah. that stuff. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I, you know, we've really touched on some incredible things yeah. in this, you know, this last half hour or so that we've been going. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to go on for too much longer, but, you know, that's my mission. That's what I want to do. And, and if we can, you know, in somehow make, you know, one person's life better, that's all that matters. Um, so, you know, just... I've always had this saying, stick in your lane. So don't really worry about what other people, um, you know. What, what they're doing. Yeah, what, what they're doing what they or what think. they're saying or yeah. what they think. is like if you know in your heart that you're doing the right thing, you're not hurting anybody, just go for it. Like grab the bull by the horns. Um, but yeah, like Love the same that, thing. Loved hearing the story, man. So what I want to do is finish off with two questions, which we're going to keep consistent throughout this podcast. Cliche, but I think they're important. First one. Timmy, I want to hear your top five keys to success that you can share with the listeners to hopefully help them out. Yeah, like I'll keep this quick and easy because it just rolls off my tongue. Let's not. Let's dive in. Rightio. People, this is what people <laughs> want to hear. <laughs> I think um, these things will naturally change as time progresses. Uh, but, you know, the first one for me and the thing I've been working on, especially the last 12 months, is self-belief. Like, mm. you know, confidence is a funny thing, you know, Life's a confidence game, man. Yeah. Truly believe uh, it. And, uh, and it's believing in yourself. And yeah. it, it's, it, it's very, you know, it, it's often s spoken about in, you know, a lot of autobiographies and people that have ever done something. But it's, it's that confidence to believe in what you're doing and, and full, fully just going for it. I mean, even when people are doubting you, you know. So I think expanding that confidence for me has been the, one of the biggest keys to my success. And naturally... That and how do you do that? Yeah, like it, I don't, I don't even know. But when you make that internal shift, it's like uh, people feel it. It's an energy. Mm. It like it just rolls out of you, and people like look at you differently. They're like, this person feels like he knows what he's doing with his life. Yeah. And you know, when I see that in other people, I just I thrive off that too, and I love having these in depth conversations because when when the path is clear and you have clarity about your confidence it's like nothing can really stop you yeah, i think it is let's see i'm sure there's lots of things to it but i think it's just something to doing what you like doing i yeah. think that's so important like if you like doing what you're doing i think this is a good lesson from kids mm. they're the most energetic and happiest when they're doing what they want to do 100 i'm just relaying back to yeah. your life and yeah. imagining that's probably what you've seen it's if they're doing something they love their energy's up the confidence is up. I think there's something to that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we talked about, you know, me being in the mines and, and my energy was deep rest. Yeah. Like it was in the bottom of all bottoms. Mm. I think it's important to hit the bottom. You need to know where your bottom is. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to know, like, what it feels like because otherwise, <laughs> like, I don't know. I life life isn't too. about being happy. Life's about, like, feeling the yeah. crappy parts like it's about being sitting in discomfort and living through that and loving it 
because yeah. it's a challenge. Yeah. And, you and know, not wanting to be there. Yeah. Realizing, hey, this isn't for me. What are we going to go do about yeah. it? But 100%. not like not losing your mind because it's, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a very double edged sword, but um, yeah, it's something to work on. So well, I think the second, one. yeah, the second one is um, discipline yeah. and showing up. That's the, you know, when you don't want to, when it's too, you know, your mind's telling you no, but you got it anyway. Discipline's, it's self-explanatory, but yeah, yeah it's something that I really um, hold to myself to a high degree. It's like a standard. Number three is energy. And, yeah, you right. know, I want to break down energy into two parts. I think there's uh, an ex internal energy and an external energy. So mm -hmm. an external energy is the person that everyone, like, sees. Yeah. The internal energy is the stuff that people don't see. Yeah. Now, it's it sometimes, for me, I've been a hard-on-the-sleeve kind of guy my whole life. It's it's very easy to see when I'm not feeling 100%. Um, and I don't think anyone's ever feeling 100%, but you just try your best. And harnessing your energy and protecting it has been another big thing in the last 12 months. So what I mean by that is setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. And people like boundaries, they mean you can't do something. It's like, yeah, because you've got to protect what you've got because you only have a limited supply of time and energy in life. And you have to harness it and use it to the best of its ability. Um, thinking of a bucket with holes in the bottom, you got to plug up your holes. Yeah. And and how you do that's through, I'm assuming, you know, resting well, eating well, yep. training, surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah. All those things. Yeah, I've got like a bit of a bullseye, um, what would you call it, like a, a, a graph that helps me understand what I need to do. And, and in the middle, the bullseye is my values and morals and who I say I am mm. and my characteristics. And the next one out from that is my environment, which is the people yeah. who I keep close to me yeah, that um, add fuel to my fire. Yeah. And then the third level to that is the boundaries. Yeah. So this is like a moat around the castle to stop, you know, intruders and emotional so give, give emotional examples of what those yeah. boundaries look like to you. And I just wanted, yeah, like emotional vampires, are like the intruders, they suck your energy. Um, so that's what you're saying. You're saying boundaries in terms of not letting people with negative yeah, energy. Yeah, it's in. not just. Is that what you're it's saying? Definitely. So to expand on that, um, uh, I guess the boundaries mean is is, and you know I read in the books it's like almost saying no to everything. Mm. First off, default no. Yeah. So you're not like over committing yourself to something because you know the whole feeling is like yeah 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 yeah. And you're like, oh, no, I forgot I've got this and that. And then you almost feel bad and then you're sucking your own energy. And that, that's an energy drainer. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. It's yeah. just the position you put yeah. yourself in. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Now, it's not just people. It's environments too. So, like, you know, going yep. to the bar yep. and, like, yeah, it's fun. But, like, are you going to wake up and be able to dominate the day the next day? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, maybe when you're 23 and you're... You can run through a brick wall and like your liver's still in good working order. But imagine being twenty three with the mindset that you have today. Ooh, oh, gee whiz, that's incredible. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah, I'm far from where I want to be as well. Yeah, of course. But, but you're like, oh, yeah, I would have avoided a few, <laughs> a few, a few <laughs> things that um, you know gave me heartache and 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 trouble. But you know, that's nothing part of the journey too. Nothing good comes from drinking and partying, does it? Oh, well, some good things have come from <laughs> it. <Don't laughs> we won't touch on that here, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably lying, but yeah. you know um, what I mean. I think just you know, getting that short-term grati gratification mm. from you know, yeah, yeah, letting no. loose. You know, at times I hear people get to the end of a week and go, oh, "I can't wait to get fucked up." On yeah. Saturday night, I've just had such a hectic week. Yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite to what you should be doing, and then they end up in a hole. You see a Monday, and they're just miserable. Yeah, because uh, they've just. They haven't, again, you've talked about boundaries and energy. Mm. They haven't filled up their tanks. Exactly. They've, they're thinking by letting loose, they're filling their tank up. Yeah. Because they, for one night, a few hours, they don't have to think about all the problems that are going yeah. on. Yeah. But reality is, you wake up on the Sunday, potentially how big of a vendor you have, mm. probably the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, backwards. It almost comes down to like, when you do drink alcohol, yeah. you don't feel like, 
you know, drinking water, you don't feel like eating properly, you miss yeah. your sleep, and it's probably the, the it's simple, everything. it's the simple things that you miss out on, like the drinking part's like, okay, it's like, but if you miss out on your health and the things that make you operate at that level, yeah. and I think that's the issue with it, like, yeah. I'd be like hungover and I'd be like, can't eat properly till Wednesday yeah. from a weekend, and I'm like, that's yeah. crazy. Man, like, not going to lie, like, I love a beer, yeah. I love a beer, but I haven't had one for, oh, probably a month, actually, get your opinion on this me yeah. and cassie have been having this argument last week <laughs> <laughs> just for all the listeners cass is uh will's yeah. lovely partner absolutely in crime. absolutely sweetheart shout out yeah but um so last time i had a drink would have been a month and a half ago and but cassie's saying it was only a few weeks ago because at a we, yeah jockey yeah. beards was wedding me and jk had a Two or three zero percent beers. Yeah. <laughs> would you say that's? Oh would you say that's yeah. Drinking? I know it's it's kind of strange. I I've actually seen still this. woke up pretty shit, but I'm claiming that that wasn't an alcoholic beverage. Cassie's saying it is because she reckons it's zero point zero zero one percent. Point one percent. No, she. I don't think. I well, think zero percent should be zero percent. Yeah. What's your opinion? Oh, that's it's solid. Um, you know, because I often. I still love socialising these days, but I'll drink. Just uh, say, Will, you're right. Cassie's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm sitting on the fence. I'm neutral. I'm neutral. <laughs> well, on that, the reason why I had the 0% beers, and JK does as well, so anyone listening, shout out Jason Kelso, great, great friend, and helped me on my journey when I very first started out in the building industry seven years ago, six years ago. But it was so people would leave you alone. Yeah. Oh, people yeah. people just look at you weird if you're just drinking a coke no sugar or water at an event and they go are you okay like why aren't you drinking and i think that's so wrong yeah like i love a beer don't get me wrong but i'm never going to sit there and force someone to you know have a beer or make them feel like you know for their healthy choices they're being weird well that's um, the society they yeah. just you know let's touch on this i love this conversation this yeah. top um i run the old soda water with a bit of lime in it people think you're drinking vodka lime sodas yeah. so the so class two I just want to say something too, like, mate, at the end of the day, mm. who cares if you've got a raspberry in your hand or, or like a, a can of Coke? Like, who cares what anyone thinks? That's the thing I think um, that's hard. Though, on that point is you just get sick of the same. Co- the conversation. Take your point, Take yeah. your point 100%, I agree. But it's the constant, like, three, four, five touch points in a night. People, and because they get progressively. It's like they look at you like you're, yeah, a cr- you're get, an alien. Yeah, hey. they, get pro- you, they get progressively drunk. They yeah. get progressively I guess more um, judgmental that you're not drinking in a social environment, and it's like, yeah, what's, what's and then the they're on a broken, the broken record <laughs> on repeat, right? I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been in some broken record states, so yeah. I'm definitely not. <laughs> don't worry about that. Haven't but we all? Yeah, haven't we all? Yeah. But just a funny topic, I think. Yeah, no, look, and I think anyway. you know, it's a lot that I actually struggled with in my past is the yeah. drinking culture yeah. that you get, um, yeah. especially being in Australia. It's a massive mm. part of our culture, yeah. especially growing up around footy clubs. And you know, I, I know I'm a better human being when I don't drink. Yeah. I also equally love to send it every now and again, and I think blow the cobwebs out. Yeah. But then you know, the classic saying, "What do we say every time the next morning? What is it? What does everyone say?" I'm just extremely sad all the time after it. Oh yeah, so but they say I'm never drinking again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Yeah. But yeah, no, anyway, moving that on. Number two or yeah, three? that was three. So three? we got off um okay. course. Uh, I think this is important. This is what yeah. listeners this is what I like to expand on, so I'm hoping listeners like yeah. diving deep in these things as well. Yeah, well that's the whole point of this. This is the whole point you know. of this thing. So number four? Courage. Love. Yeah. Love, courage. Um have the balls. Yeah. Take the jump. It's not knowing, but going anyway. I think it's just been one of them things that you don't... Uh, I'm a, For everyone out there listening, I'm an overthinker to the maximus. But yeah. when I put myself in like a, a state, like when, I, you know, when I'm on my dirt bike or when I'm playing footy and I'm in the zone and I'm in that brainless state, yeah. I'm not thinking and I just rely on instincts and everything happens so much better. But yeah. we get in these thought processes and we overthink... And we hold ourselves back. Now, courage is like understanding all that and going, hey, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Because I need to. 100%. Well, you'd rather know, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So having the courage to um, have the hard conversations, mm-hmm. having the courage to um, ask for feedback when you know it's probably not going to be what it is. Um, yeah. You know, having the courage to end things that aren't good for you, mm-hmm. you know, Having um, the courage, mate. 
yeah. to leave your job and start a business, having yeah. the courage to, you know, go to the gym for the first time, having the courage to do whatever. I think, yeah. I think it's just a great point because without that first step, yeah. I remember the reason why we're here. Remember we were just diddling along, not getting this podcast underway, and you just messaged me one afternoon. You go, mate, sometimes the hardest steps just starting. Let's just book this in and we'll work yeah, backwards from that. And just I'm go. like, sure, let's do it. Yeah, and it's taken us three cracks to get to this point, but we're here and we're <laughs> doing here. it. And, and this is, this is yeah. Great. We've got a couple of good ring lights. We've got yeah. some. It's an upgrade from our um, milk crates last <laughs> last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, mate, Absolutely. that was number four. Yeah, so love. Uh, number five is emotional regulation. Now, I love this thing. Mm. Now, <laughs> to break that down, emotional regulation is probably – uh, well, it is. It's being able to control your emotions. Yeah. Um, it's when you hear some bad news and you don't blow up. It's when you can pull yourself in from, like, sometimes people will say something. This is a really important thing that I've learned. Mm. Sometimes people will say something to you that hurts your feelings and digs, digs in deep. Mm. But in that moment, you've got to realise it's actually not your problem. It's their problem. And what I mean by that is that person has seen something within themselves and it's reflecting inside them so they turn it back on you and say it's your problem because they're too scared to face the mirror and see it in themselves. Mm. It's like if someone pulls out in front of me at the traffic lights. Yeah. I don't even toot. I couldn't even waste my energy on that. As long as I don't hit them, I don't care. Yeah, people that toot are annoying anyway. Oh, like, and it's like it. it's like the world owes them something. Yeah. It's like just get, <laughs> get on, on with your it, life. Man. You didn't die. Keep yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's something, you know, it's, it's like I'm not going to drain my energy on something I can't control. Yeah. And I think that's the emotional regulation. It's, it's, it's savouring your energy and not letting people in particular. You don't want people because people will – purposely and ab subconsciously they don't know they're doing it yeah. they will go and say something to you just out of some part of their brain it's just subconscious subconscious mm. and if you don't react to that you don't give them the energy they need to yeah. confirm themselves so i can what you know what's that they say you know two people arguing are both fo like you're fools like yeah. why would you argue about something yeah. there's yeah. two different points of view and there's more than one way to skin a cat mm. so you just, just with take, it. Him, take it on and say, well, I don't agree with that, but, you know, we'll, be, we'll agree to disagree. I don't Move know. Move on. But, yeah, and that's emotional regulation yeah. because at the end of the day, yeah, yeah it, it brings on negative energy if you're I love that because it. it's actually a good point because it's something that, you know, when you we hear people get asked keys to success, you hear about all the common things like discipline, but that's something you don't hear often. Mm. And that's a good one because I think that's the beginning of the spiral. If you aren't able to regulate your emotions – and let people affect your emotions or essentially stuff your day up, that's where the beginning of the spiral starts. And then you start, I always call it the devil and the angel on your shoulder. Ooh, yeah. If you let the devil talk more than the angel, you're going to eventually mm. lean more to the negative side and the negative emotions, the negative thoughts. Absolutely, yeah. You're going to become one of those guys or girls, yeah. right? So I think just training yourself to do exactly what you said. Mm. Step out or at least see it for what it is and move on. Just get on with it. Yeah. I love it, mate. And, and it's having Good that point. external um, perspective of the situation. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, they're my five. Yeah. And I think Great that, five, you know, they're, they're helping me a lot get through everyday life and thriving and just showing up to be the best person I can be for everyone each day. You know, and, uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> no one sees what goes on behind closed doors and no one sees yeah. what you do in your, you know, your time that you've got to yourself. And, and you know, I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that um, – do struggle and you know you know at times i struggle still of course like yeah. but i've got these mechanisms and tools inside to like pick myself up when the going gets tough love it timmy so before we finish this chat i could keep talking to you for hours yeah but we'll wrap it up but one last question best bit of advice 100 percent. this one um yeah this this one hits home um from my grandma actually nana val um, bless her, <laughs> bless her soul. She um she unfortunately passed away a good yeah ten years ago now I think it was but she uh, was a widow of my dad uh, my, my dad's mum mm. uh, and she had four sons and she brought them all up on her own and she was just the toughest old thing mm. 
and she was a life of every party. She had a good time and she was, yeah, she knew what it was to show confidence when you didn't necessarily have it. But the best advice she ever gave me was um, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And, you know, that was around a time where she got diagnosed with cervical cancer at 70. Yeah. And she ended up living for 15 years. And it was just like, maybe that's where I got it from because the doctors told her, you know, prepare, da da da. She's like, you can't tell me that. And she lived for 15 years, you know. And, and that's just like, you just got to find that. And on my shower, like I've got a sticky note and the sticky notes all across my house to remind me this stuff. But there's three words that, you know, I'm living by this year. And the first one is courage. Mm. Uh, the second one is horsepower. And the third one's confidence. And I think when the going gets tough, the tough get going. That mm. second word, horsepower, to me rings true. It's like having that, you know, you've got the ability to get through everything yeah. when you need to. And it's just that like grit and determination yeah. and just go, Looks put like to the storm. floor. Let's go. So, Will, thank you. No, thank you. Listeners, too, thank you. I've had the best time like starting this and I'm yeah. super excited for the future. And just to like, you know, share share our story, but along with like all these amazing people that we've got lined up and the first one being this Friday. So, yeah, yeah. let's do it. And Yeah, she's going to be a good guest. Um, we've, yeah. got, we've probably got half yeah. a dozen plus people lined up that are exceptionally high performers. 100%. You're a high performer, mate. I'm definitely on my way there, but these guys definitely... Oh, that's being very humble, mate. These mate. guys have made it in yeah. every way, but I'm sure we're going to be able to learn some great things from them. Yeah. Look, uh, and it's an incredible thing and what we're doing, mate. And, you know, to be sitting here, I'm very grateful to be sitting across hey, the table and yeah. um, doing this because, yeah, it's even funny. if our just our friends listen, you know... Uh, hey, even if it's just, just mum's and one dad's listening, yeah, that's 100%. all good. So thank you, and yeah, let's let's keep the good times rolling.